0: Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast right here on Arseblog.com. Unfortunately, this could also be the very last Arseblog Arsecast. Not that that's anything to do with me, but with everything that's going on in the world and North Korea, you know, it could all be over before you even get a chance to listen to this. I'm recording on a Thursday and, well, who knows what could happen? We could all be dead of nuclear explosions or those of us that are left are wandering round the wastelands uh, oozing and you know bits of us falling off charred bits here and there having to scavenge and devour the corpses of of those who are lying dead on the side of the road then we might realize well, well the supermarket is full of canned goods we could do that before we have to start eating each other but it's a worry, I have to say, a real worry for me, because, you know, that guy in, in North Korea, Yeah, you know, he, he's one of two things, right? He's either a yappy dog. You know, I go out with Archer all the time, my German Shepherd, who is quite a large dog. And whenever he's set upon, it's by a much, much smaller dog, like a Jack Russell's or Chihuahua's or uh, the occasional Grumpy Bichon Freeze. But they're always the small dog So he could be just a little small dog Barking at the German Shepherd that is America If that's a rather unusual analogy to use Or he could be a complete lunatic Either way, I don't feel necessarily that safe I think they need somebody in there to to sort things out You know, get a bit of sense going Maybe uh macho man, Randy Savage He would be a good guy to go in and sort out What's going on in, in North Korea? I think he he sort of just cracks some heads together, and then give a speech, which is almost incomprehensible. Do you think what did he say? I know it was something about. But uh, maybe maybe he's not the right guy. Maybe you need somebody who can who can speak. Maybe I'm worrying over nothing. Perhaps it's a little bit of transference here. My worries about the remainder of the season are being magnified by this uh, threat of thermonuclear war which will end the world. In the grand scheme of things, finishing in the top four, well, well, it is a much larger concern, obviously. Um, Without Champions League football next season, well, of course, there'd be no stadiums or footballers or TV cameras. All the, all the footballs would be melted too. All that would be left are cockroaches with the Gazprom logo on them. What's the point of, of any of it? Maybe this is the wrong time for an existential crisis. Perhaps brought about by the, the quietude that winning games has brought about. Because the discussion has been quite muted. There's only so many ways you can say, yes, I enjoyed that win. We won the game. Maybe we could have done this a little bit better. but look, we're being churlish. Let's just get on with things. We've won the game. It makes for a quiet week, you know. And, of course, you know, that's compounded by the fact that, you know, we don't have any midweek football. We don't have any uh, Champions League. Melted cockroach footballs. We don't have any of that or we don't have, uh, you know, other stuff to occupy us. So maybe I'm just, you know, getting all bent out of shape because I've got nothing else to worry about just at this moment in time. Maybe I should be more worried about what's going to happen at West Brom this weekend. But I want to stay, you know, positive about the football, if not the outlook for the entire world and humanity itself. But since we last spoke, it's gone all right, hasn't it? Uh, the win against Reading was was as comfortable as it has been uh, all season The the, uh, the other game I can remember That was as comfortable as that Was the win against Southampton 6-1 A bit earlier in the season And uh, of course the manager that day was, was Nigel Adkins If I had any influence over Premier League football Or the world Or the outcomes of, of certain things Then I would appoint Nigel Adkins manager Of every team we have to face Between now and the end of the season That for me would assure us uh, A winning run because uh, his teams just, I don't know, they're not very good, are they? And he doesn't seem to set them up in a, in a good way. We've seen so-called lesser teams come to uh, the Emirates before and frustrate us and, and make us tear our hair out and then go, oh, for fuck's sake, we've had 28 shots and they've scored with their first shot, which wasn't a shot, it was a cross, which deflected off Koscielny's knee and then whacked off Mertesacker's head and hit Fabianski in the balls and trickled into the net. How many times have we seen that? Countless, I think. I mean, you you couldn't count how many times. But Reading on Saturday, well, they were beaten from the start, it has to be said. Just, you could tell. Uh, I won't say it's like the old days, you know, when uh, we were really good and you could see the teams in the tunnel and the opposition were standing there trying to make it look like they were confident and, yeah, we're not afraid of Arsenal. We're not afraid of Bergkamp or Perez or Vieira or... Henri or Youngberg or Parler or Edu or uh, Wiltord even or Canu but they were beaten you could see it in their eyes right in the very tunnel it wasn't necessarily a return to that against Reading but you could see pretty much from kickoff that they were going to be beaten and that Arsenal were going to win the game Uh, Gervinho a goal and two assists what a game And he still managed to, in between the good things he did, do those other things that he does that make you go, how do you do this? You you know, all you do every day is play football. I know you have to do a little bit of running around, a few laps and, you know, bend down when I say one and up in the air when I say two. You know, the usual uh, high-tech training that goes on at professional football clubs. Um, And sometimes you look at him and go, how? Well, is there something wrong with your feet that you, you just can't seem to connect with a ball properly. And then he's, you know, scored a very good goal and two assists. And I have to say that somebody posted a video during the week on YouTube, and I'll um, see if I can dig it out and post it on uh, today's blog. If you're listening to this today, I'll see if I can find it. Anyway, it's just a build-up to that. Cazorla goal that Gervinho provided an assist for, it was fantastic. Left to right and right to and just all over the pitch. Brilliant football, knocking it around with real confidence. And uh, that's a good sign. Uh, Given the fact we've had our ups and downs this season, they look like a confident bunch of players compared to the way we were a couple of weeks ago, for example, that's, that's very good to see. And perhaps it's coming at just the right time. Uh, so, yeah, goal and two assists for Gervinho. Cazorla, brilliant again. Giroud gets a goal. Uh, Reading scored. Pretty lame goal. We shouldn't have let them in. Uh, but then we made the game uh, well and truly safe uh, with a penalty for Mikel Arteta. Uh, and 4-1, and it could have been 5 or 6 or 8 or 10. But, of course, we never get more than seven, so it couldn't have been eight or ten. But another three good points. Uh, Chelsea lost, so that was uh, the gap closed on Chelsea. Chelsea and Tottenham have to play each other in a couple of weeks' time. And you look at that game and you think, would we prefer Tottenham to win or Chelsea to win? I think a draw would be a good result. Both teams drop points. And if there was an outbreak of Ebola in the stadium, some kind of a localized virus that caused temporary blindness and, uh, I don't know, projectile vomiting and and uh, pus and stuff. If that, if that happened to happen as well, well, all the better. So we'll hope for a draw there. So it's been quite a good week, all in all, from a footballing point of view. You know, political and, you know, destruction of the earth kind of thing. Yeah, that's a different story altogether. But I think from... A purely arsehole point of view we can be happy quite how happy i don't know but with me now to discuss all the bits and pieces that have uh, gone on this week i'm delighted to welcome back to the show it is gunnar hollick hello there
1: hello there blog thanks for inviting me again
0: uh, you're always very welcome um h- how are you uh, fixing for this end of the world thing are you stockpiling uh, you know getting the supplies in
1: no exactly the opposite i'm trying to make sure that i enjoy it all while i can ah the, the last, the last of my lagavulin went last night.
0: Uh,
1: I'm ploughing my way through as many innocent guns as I can get to. Problem is, they're still on special offer, so I keep on restocking.
0: Well, God, well, I hope they don't. The world doesn't end until the special offer over. Very exactly. Yeah. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die.
1: Well, that's, uh... I don't think it'll be that bad. I've seen John Jensen score. I think they might pull back from the brink.
0: <laughs> Anything could happen, I suppose. Right. Well, look, we'll move on to the football. And uh, Arsenal last weekend against Reading looked a, a side to me that has rediscovered a little bit of confidence. They, um, you know, they pass the ball around. They're very uh, quick and sharp with the movement. And, and while some of that obviously had to do with the fact that Reading weren't particularly good, I think, you know, a good part of the reason Reading weren't particularly good on Saturday was because Arsenal just didn't let them play.
1: I think that's a fair comment. You only have to look back a week before that, and they gave Manchester United a real test. At uh, was it a week or two weeks before that? at Old Trafford, where they lost one nil. Um, uh, but you're right. I mean, they did look a, a, a poor side, but we did play with a with a style and a, and particularly the the pace of a, of breaking and attacking that has been lacking so often this season. It looked as though everybody was bang up for it from the start, and you have to say that was kind of due to. Uh, the inclusion of a little bit of pace uh, if if nothing else in the shape of javinio up front uh, he was quite uh, quite instrumental in the opening stages although he, even he won't know how he got past them once or twice but and as well that freed up the players behind him who did better as well and he looked uh, particularly casada was outstanding wasn't he
0: mm, absolutely and i know uh, you know before we go on to talk about javinio because he is you know the the, the cano- of the week, I suppose. Uh, Thomas Rosicki uh, came in and there that, that just seems to be something about the way Arsenal play when Rosicki is, is in the side. And, you know, I think he's been a little bit unlucky this season because it, he's sort of uh, been competing with either Cazorla or... Wilshire for a place in the side. Um, and both of those guys are, are sort of going to get in ahead of him um, just because of, you know, the, their their age, their injury-freeness. Well, you know, obviously not with Wilshire, but, you know, that's a tough that's a tough trio to come out on top in. But, you know, given the fact Wilshire is absent because sort of moved to the left, uh, there was a space in the midfield for him. And, and I, I just feel that Arsenal, they press higher up the pitch. He sort of sets the... He sets the pace for the team, you know, that there's, there's nobody sort of sitting back, there's, there's always pressure on the ball when we don't have it, and he does make a, a very important contribution, even if it's not quite as uh, obvious as someone like Azorla, whose who's, uh, build-up play, link-up play and goals are, are quite tangible. Well,
1: I think it probably is, you know, because you and I have both mentioned something about this before, that we're surprised that he has not got more opportunities, not not just started more games, but not been brought on more often when he's on the bench. Because you we were talking about the pace of attack and that, that largely comes when he's in the side because his first instinct every time he gets on the ball is to either get himself and the ball or just the ball forward. Mm. as soon as possible and he there's none of the sideways or little of the sideways passing He always, if there's a man there he wants to beat him if he can't see a way through but he's got a pass on forward it goes that way there's just something with a bit more zip about us when he's on there and whilst I take the point yeah how do you start him ahead of both those players I uh, I think there are there are good reasons why he should be bought on for one or other of them more often.
0: Mm, okay, I I certainly agree with that. Let let's talk Gervinho then because um he's a player that that frustrates. Uh you know, we'll be straight up about that because uh he he misses too many chances, he runs into dead ends, he he, he doesn't seem to know what he's going to do with the ball uh, half the time, and I might be a little bit generous towards him there. But you know, he he's um He's got seven goals this season in the last two games. He's got two goals, two assists. It's difficult to try and work out, you know, how to fit a guy like that into the team because of the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's sort of fluctuations in form that he has because he played very well at the start of the season and then went completely and utterly off the boil uh, and it sort of coincided with one of the the dismal spells that we had in the team. But, you know, given that we're coming to the final eight games of the season, there's a big push on, uh, it's good, uh, regardless of what you might think about him, that we have players who are finding a bit of form. It's quite
1: interesting as well, because if you remember the last uh, African Cup of Nations, he did very well, came back, and looked just a shell of the player we'd sent out there. This time, it appears as though it may, and I stress may, because that was only one performance, work the other way around. And you kind of feel for him a little bit. He uh, he started the season uh, really first choice because of what was going on in the background with Theo, um, and put together, like you say, I mean, I think he had half a dozen goals early on and and, and contributed to the side quite a bit and losing his place and it, so completely and utterly. I mean, it, he just wasn't considered once Walcott came back to the fold. So getting out to the African Cup of Nations probably was a relief for him um, because, of course, when he does get used, he has to be used to. Uh, there are guys around me who will even jeer him when his name's mentioned as a substitute, mm. and that can't be easy for anybody, and it can't do anybody any good. But yes, as you say, you know, it's it's his inconsistency that is the the problem because when he plays like he did on Saturday, I mean, you mentioned there he did, you, He looks sometimes as though he doesn't know what he's going to do with the ball. What on earth must he be to defend against? Because if he hasn't got a clue, no defender's got an earthly. So. Um, I hope that's the start of it. He's obviously a confidence player. Let's hope that's the start of him getting six weeks of mega confidence and some and some very important goals for us. Mm,
0: uh, it's interesting as well because, you know, very often this season we've bemoaned the lack of depth in the squad. And, you know, Arsenal uh, in the last couple of weeks have lost their, their top goal scorer in Theo Walcott. And he he's a player who's sort of gone off the ball, uh, off the boil a little bit uh, since he signed his new contract. um And we've also lost Jack Wilshere to injury but since both those players have gone out of the side uh, the results have improved. Now I don't think that's the two things are, are, you know, directly correlated because, you know, obviously what happened against Blackburn and Bayern uh, and the Tottenham game, of course, I think that's sort of uh, it was a bit of a kick in the arse. And obviously they've been redoubling efforts and what have you. But it, it's nice that, for example, uh, Gervinho has come in for Walcott and Ramsey has come in for Wilshire and both of them have done well. Um, and it says something perhaps that if, for example, Walcott was fit for uh, the game tomorrow against West Brom given the form he's been in and given the fact Gervinho has scored two and assisted two in his last two games, you know, it's not an obvious thing that Walcott would come straight back into the team.
1: I think that's a reasonable comment. Um, uh, We do have the added, uh, I dread to call it an advantage because it's obviously not, but not being involved in any other competitions now, Mm. they are free to focus very much on what is they know what's ahead of them and they know they've got to put together what probably a couple of games back they knew out of the last ten they needed to win seven or eight to stand a decent chance of getting into that top four Um, now by you know they're they're looking at out of the last eight if they can put together five or six and a a draw maybe Uh, just hoping that's going to be enough but their mind's focused they're not distracted by anything else there's a little bit of confidence come back and but possibly as a result of everything being made very clear to them after the Tottenham game that you have these ten matches left or nine matches left, whatever it was, in which to put yourself in position for next season or put yourself in the shop window. They seem to be responding, whatever the reason. Mm.
0: And you know the 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 thing about it is, is after the Tot- the Tottenham game, it was so it was so depressing because it came after the two cup exits, and you know it was it was difficult to see the woods for the trees in a way.
1: Yeah, you couldn't see, in all honesty, you couldn't see us after that game. You couldn't see us finishing top four. No. Regardless of the fact that on paper we might have the easiest run-in. We all know that on paper counts for nothing. True. But I think what has added to the fact that we're on form is the fact that Chelsea's league form and the whole political situation within that club now means they're very much in our sights, I think. Mm. And that will have lifted people, sure. Sure. Mm. The expect—I use the word expectation cautiously—but I, I, I would expect us now to make a really good effort at overcoming at least them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this was a, this was—I was, uh, was going to ask you because if you look at the table, there's only two points between us and Chelsea. Uh, you know, people I think tend to forget that Chelsea finished sixth. Last season, you know, they they had a, a terrible end to, end to the season, even if they were a little bit distracted by Europe and uh, don't really want to touch on that again. But, um, you know, Tottenham have, uh, are, are four points ahead of us. Uh, they played a game more. So if you win the game in hand, you know, Tottenham are only a point ahead. Chelsea only two points ahead. Those two have to play each other. You know, it's it's right there for us, isn't it? Given the run in that we have, like you say, I mean, it's not a simple thing uh, that it's just right. Finish if we we're not just battling with Tottenham, it's Chelsea too.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Um, uh... You look at all three sides actually, and you see potential banana skins in front of them. I kind of got told off a little bit because in a piece I wrote last night, I suggested that I thought Tottenham have got one foot in the door and Mm. that they probably the points in the hand at this time, uh, points in the bag at this stage of the season, are more important than games in hand or have tended to be. I do think they are looking possibly the most consistent of the three. Uh, but, having said that, you know the, the, look at the games they have left, uh, they need to be. Uh, but they because they've got some decent fixtures in there, you look at them, they tend to come a cropper against the lesser sides and let's not forget we are going to be playing well, Wigan. Norwich you know sides that we've lost uh, we've lost points to in years gone by
0: mm, okay well look it's all there let's uh let's do the old uh, cliche thing of uh, of taking it one game at a time how, how yeah. do you see this one West Brom um had a great start to the season uh but have sort of fallen away and um you, you know they're they're safe uh, obviously in in mid-table they're going nowhere uh, next season Uh But Arsenal have got to take the same intensity that they did in the away games against uh, Bayern and Swansea. If Reading was a bit of a a comfortable win, I I don't think there should be uh, any resting on laurels for this particular trip.
1: No, and again, this is down to the attitude that we've had since the Tottenham game. They go out with the same attitude. They go out with the same desire to get the ball forward at pace. You know, it uh, will depend just a little bit on what West Brom turns up because, as you say, at times this season, they've got some great results and they've played some very good football. Uh, and they've got, some, they've got an honest hard work in midfield. You look at Morrison and people like that who... Uh, uh, well worth a place at this level but let's hope also that they've got someone in goal again as Mr Fullock last year who so generously chucked a couple in for us Mm. (laughs) that's the West Brom I want to turn up (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but yeah let's face it it's again on paper a game where we can have every confidence of going into and coming out with three points. All
0: right. Okay, listen, we better leave it there. Uh, Gunnar Hålik, thank you very much. May your nuclear winter be special offers all <laughs> over the place. Uh, we'll catch up with you again soon.
1: Especially on Lagavulin if anybody's listening. All right, yeah. <laughs> Thanks <you>. a
0: lot.
1: <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Blogs.
0: Bye bye. Thank you very much indeed to Gunnar Hollick. You can find him on his blog, gunnarhollick.com, or on Twitter at TheGunnarHollick. That's TheGunnarHollick. Uh, so make sure you give him a follow and a read. We'll have a quick look ahead to the West Brom game right after this.
2: It's the Mick Banner Show with me, Mick or in deadly. Hello there, we're Mick Banner, knowing the greatest striker that I ever lived. Not only am I the greatest striker that ever lived, I am the greatest dictator that ever lived. It's true, I've just been appointed as the new Chief-in-Command Officer-Owner-Operator of North Korea. All the people here, they look up to me, of course. But they come up to me in the street and they say, Oh, McBenor, McBenor, you are so tall and you're blonde and we love you. We love you, oh." And I say, I know. But since I got here, I had to change a few of the rules. The country name, for example, North Korea. It had terrible connotations. So I have changed it to, Nicaragua. Also, every firstborn child must be named after me. Or, as a choice, after my all-time hero of all time, the lead singer of Simply Red. My third action was to change the name of Soccer to our Ball. And I am now the player coach of the national team. I have picked the side for the first World Cup qualifier. In goal, me. Right back, me. Centre half, me. Centre half, me. Left back, me. Central midfield, me and me On the right wing, me On the left wing, me And up front, we have me and Mick Benno Because I am, after all, the greatest striker that ever lived It's the Mick Benno Show with me, Mick Benno
0: Right then, it is West Brom away from home this weekend. And, uh, well, it's always a a tricky enough fixture. You might remember there was a game a couple of seasons ago where uh, Almunia, he um, he, he Almunia'd, I think that's the verb, uh, came charging out of his goal uh, and uh, allowed West Brom to score a fairly easy goal. And then last season, of course, it was the uh, the final day of the season, uh, and we played West Brom away from home, and their goalkeeper had... Well, I couldn't even say that there's a, a verb which would describe his his performance. It's not an Al Mooney or a Fabianski or, or even the worst of the Arsenal goalkeepers that you've ever seen in your life. It was pretty appalling. Uh, Martin Fullop, I think his name was. Uh, we won the game 3-2. That was the, uh, uh, the final day of the season, as I said. Arsene Wenger clinging to Pat Rice, clinging to him in terror, as we all watched in terror. And uh, Well, it was, it was a bit tense. That day, Kieran Gibbs made a great late challenge. You might remember uh, to uh, prevent what was surely uh, an equalizing goal for West Brom. With Tottenham ahead in their game, we would have finished fourth, and with Chelsea winning the Champions League. Oh, sorry, sorry, just remembered that. But uh, you know, we would have been, we wouldn't have been in the the Champions League this season. So. It was all a bit uh, heart in mouth. Hopefully, it's not quite so uh, tense tomorrow. Uh, West Brom started the season very well, but haven't been in particularly great form of late. And we look like a team that's re- rediscovered a bit of confidence uh, and composure and assuredness in our game. Uh, after the wins against Byron and Swansea and, of course, the, the game against Reading, we look like uh, a team that's happier in itself. And hopefully, uh, we can continue that between now and the end of the season. Team news is that Wilshire and... Uh, Walcott, that's the fella Uh, Sometimes I forget He's just so, you know um, Vanilla You just kind of forget Uh, But they're both out Um, Other than that I think Nacho Monreal Should be fit again Uh, after coming off against uh, Reading, having uh, blunked his knee off the post. Uh, Other than that, I think everybody's fitting well. Um, I guess we'll see more or less the same team that started against Reading. Uh, They played very well, so let's hope they can keep it up. Let's hope uh, this time next week, if there is this time next week, let's face it, that we are three points better off and that uh, the pressure is on those uh, in and around us at the top of the Premier League table. So uh, we'll leave it there for this week. Until next week's Arscast, uh, take it easy, cheers, bye-bye. And if this is the very last Arscast of all time, I love you. Bye-bye.